Let us pray. Gracious God, out of your love and mercy, you breathed into the dust the breath of life, creating us to serve you and our neighbors. Call forth our prayers and acts of kindness and strengthen us to face our mortality with confidence in the mercy of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. The Old Testament lesson this evening comes from the book of Joel, chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, and then continuing verses 12 through 17. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm on my holy mountain, let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is near. A day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness, like blackness spread across the mountains, a great and powerful army comes. Their light has never been from of old, nor will be again after them in ages to come. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in love, and relents from punishing. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent, And leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people. Sanctify the congregation, assemble the aged, gather the children, even infants at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and bride her canopy. Between the vestibule and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not make your heritage a mockery, a byword among the nations. Why should it be said among the peoples, where is their God? The word of the Lord. Please stand as you're able for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the sixth chapter, verses one through six. And 16 to 21. Glory to you, Lord. Beware of practicing your piety before others 
in order to be seen by them. For then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in their synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret. And your Father, who sees you in secret, will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father, who sees you in secret, will reward you. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The Gospel of the Lord. Some of you have heard my story about my aunt. My dear Aunt Virginia is now 92 years old and lives in in, um, Williamsburg, Virginia, in a beautiful retirement community. But this is way back in 1998, when my, 99, I guess, the, the spring break, I was at seminary, and I went to see my Uncle Sam and my Aunt Virginia. My uncle was still alive then. And it was their summer, their, their winter place in Naples, Florida. I arrived, and I was a little bit late because of traffic, and um, got there, and we went straight out to dinner to a beautiful Italian restaurant, table right in the middle of the restaurant and all that. But the whole time, from the time I got to their apartment to the time we got in the car to go to dinner, my aunt was acting really weird. She's one of those people that's, uh, you know, always happy and, and always is asking about you and all stuff, but she was like nervous wreck. She was wandering around. She was nervous. I couldn't figure it out. 
You get to the restaurant, same deal. She's sitting there, she's nervous as can be. We look at the menus, we order, all of that kind of stuff. Wait, the food finally comes. And then I found out what my aunt was worried about. She said to me, "Um, Don, now that you're at seminary, do you have to pray over the food that, that you know here at the restaurant before we eat? <laughs> I said, well, no, not unless you want me to. She said, oh, good. Now, this is a lady who went to church all of her life. Don't get me wrong. That's not part of this. It turns out that when they bought their condo in Naples, the real estate agent brought them, after they had the closing, the real estate agent brought them to the same beautiful Italian restaurant in Naples, Florida, and they had lunch. And they sat in the center of the room. And when the food came, the real estate agent said, Let us pray! (laughs) And proceeded to pray about all kinds of things, including the evil that was in the world and the whole restaurant. Hear it? So my aunt heard that I was going to seminary. She figured, "Uh uh-oh, my nephew's going to embarrass me again. So I didn't know it at the time, but now I've got a solution for those situations. It comes from another wonderful friend of mine, the Reverend Hal Thornton, retired Presbyterian pastor, good, good old boy from, from um, Virginia. Whenever Hal detects, Hal always prays for food. Whenever he detects that someone's nervous about that, he always looks with his eyes open and he goes, We're thankful for our food and our fellowship. Amen and amen. <laughs> so much better than screaming it out. <laughs> but I always think, whenever I read this scripture, I always think of my dear Aunt Virginia, who, by the way, at 92, still keeps up with absolutely everybody on Facebook. <laughs> but to get more serious about this, and I don't mean to make Ash Wednesday serious, but there's serious things we need to think about. So I'm going to share with you a poem that was written by the Reverend Jim Burklow, the UCC pastor and the associate dean of religious life at the University of Southern California. I'm also grateful to the Reverend Cecilia Baxter, who's co-pastor with her husband, Jameson, of New Creation UCC over at Easton. She made me aware of this meaningful poem. It's simply called Ash Wednesday. On my forehead, a sign of the cross, smudged in ash from the fire, the fire that burned down the McMansion of my hubris and pride. And with it, burned up the money I should have given away, the television I used to numb my senses. The carpet I should have been called on. The doors I should have opened to others. The envelopes I should have used to send letters of love. The wise books I shelved prominently so that others would think I had read them. The many places in my photo albums where my darker moments should have been remembered. The calendar where visits with the people who need me most should have been scheduled. The couch of my complacency, the lounge chair of my laziness, the shirts I stuffed with my pride, 
The moccasins I should have traded with others so that we could have walked miles in them. On my forehead, a sign of the crossroad where I can turn from the way of ruin to the way of life. We're also told that when we carefully and intentionally do some of this reflecting and begin to come to terms with some of our stuff, like all that stuff in that poem, trying our best to go to God and let go and try to be better and actively seek forgiveness, then we will begin to discover that we are indeed storing up for ourselves as the gospel lesson for tonight suggests. We are indeed storing up for ourselves treasures in heaven. All of which, all of which are made special and not able to be touched or compromised by others. And then the gospel lesson continues and we are clearly told that when we store up this kind of treasure, non-boastful, not the kind that comes becomes old or rusty or moldy or able to be stolen by thieves, it clearly says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Or as the 21st verse is translated in the message version of this gospel, the place where your treasure is, is the place where you most want to be and end up being. So as we journey through Lent and remember and are reminded and live through again the journey and the suffering, even up to and including the death, death on the cross of Jesus, come, let us journey together and rediscover all that our Savior has done to make our journey, your journey and my journey, a special journey of faith that will lead us through the betrayal and the dark valley, ending up where the light is as bright as the day. The celebration once again on Easter Sunday of the resurrection of our Lord. So, come with me. Fast. Fast and pray. Listen now as I close my meditation with this meaningful prayer written specifically for Ash Wednesday by a colleague of mine, the Reverend Jill Duffield. Let us pray. Lord, to whom we belong in life and death, our only comfort, we come before you aware of our failings and awed by your grace. We are dust, and to dust we shall return. The ashes on our forehead remind us of our frailty, our finitude, and our sin. The shape of the cross they make tell of our Savior whose sacrifice conquered death, allowing us to sing praises even on our way to the grave. As we journey through these 40 Lenten days, may the relentless gift of the Holy Spirit drive us where we most need to go to follow Christ more closely. If we find ourselves in the wilderness, afraid and tempted, deliver us from evil and send angels to tend us. When we doubt and turn back, fall asleep and deny, forgive us as Christ forgave those who knew not what they did. If we succumb to our basest instincts, bullying and taunting any of your beloved children, stop us cold. Remove the scales from our eyes, O God, and make us new creations in Christ. 
eager to imitate the one with you, with who you are very well pleased. Alpha and Omega are beginning and our end. We need to sense your close and abiding presence this day when we feel keenly how deeply we have grieved you through what we have done and through what we have left undone. We know that what pleases you is a contrite and grateful heart. We know that Jesus came to save sinners. We know that through the gift of your Son, you have reconciled the world. So, dear God, on this Ash Wednesday, hear our prayers of confession, accept our acts of penance, forgive us yet again, compel us through the power of your love to forgive others as we have been forgiven. And we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. sinful rebellion separates us from God, our neighbors, and creation, so that we do not enjoy the life our Creator intended. As disciples of Jesus, we are called to a discipline that contends against evil and resists whatever leads us away from the love of God and neighbor. I invite you, therefore, to the discipline of Lent, self-examination and repentance, prayer and fasting, sacrificial giving and works of love, strengthened by the gifts of word and sacrament. Let us continue our journey through these 40 days to the great three days of Jesus' death and resurrection. And now let us read responsibly Psalm 51. Verses 10 through 12 and 15 through 17. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with your bountiful spirit. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall proclaim your grace. For you take no delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You are not pleased with burnt offerings. The sacrifice of God is a troubled spirit, a troubled and broken heart, O God. You will not despise. Almighty God, you have created us out of the dust of the earth. May these ashes be a sign of our mortality and penance, reminding us that only by the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ are we given eternal life through the same Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. 
Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory 